Welcome to Simply by Grace, a podcast of Grace Life Ministries with founder and director, Dr. Charlie Bing. This podcast and other helpful resources can be found at our website, gracelife.org. Now, here's Dr. Bing. Well, thank you for joining us today for another Simply by Grace podcast. You know, Simply by Grace, we sometimes do Bible teaching, preaching, or interview someone about their story and how they came to know the Lord and what grace means to them. Today, we're going to talk about a subject with a special speaker. We're going to talk about evangelism, and maybe we just call it the priority of evangelism with someone who has quite a reputation in that area. You know, Grace Life, we say our purpose is to share the gospel of grace with the unsaved or the unbeliever and the grace of the gospel with the believer. But when we have a gospel of grace, that's one issue. That's a theological issue. The other issue is more practical, and that's how do we share it. And our guest today has, uh, I think, done a lot of work in both areas in clarifying the message, keeping it clear, and training others how to share it. So uh, our guest today is Dr. Larry Moyer. He's the founder and CEO of Evantel. Welcome to our podcast, Larry. Thank you, Charlie. It's good to be with you. <laughs> Well, it's good to hear your voice, as always, and uh, we have a long history, actually. Uh, you may not remember how we first met, but I was at Washington Bible College, a student in Maryland, and you came to speak in the chapel service, so you must have been just out of seminary, I would think, and and afterwards, I came up to you and talked to you about uh, your evangelistic training program, your evangelist training program because uh, that very much interested me and was one of the reasons I chose to go to Dallas Theological Seminary. So we go that far back, and then I did end up taking the apprenticeship program with you, and uh, we, our paths have crossed since. Um, besides Evantel, my familiarity with uh, your ministry there, we also worked together at the Free Grace Alliance when you were on the board there. Um, so anyway, uh what would you tell us uh, about Evantel's ministry to help people understand what the purpose is? Why why Evantel? Well, Evantel, everything we do is evangelizing and training others in evangelism. That's all we do. And uh, our three main values are the clarity of the gospel, making the gospel crystal clear, uh, careful handling of scripture, because the important thing is not simply what do I say, what does the scripture say, and then grace that you evangelize the same way you're saved, by grace you're saved, by grace you're sent. And those are our three main values, the character of the gospel, carefulness of scripture, and grace. But we evangelize uh, internationally, nationally, uh, but everything we do is evangelizing and training others in evangelism. By grace you're saved, by grace you're sent. Um, that's very good. Now, you know, I can probably count on one hand, maybe two, those I know who are totally committed to evangelism or as some would say soul winning and have really shaped their ministry around that. Uh, and of course, Larry, you're one of them, but I don't find that a lot of people uh, put evangelism as a priority. It seems they get sidetracked by a lot of other theological topics and so forth. But what is it about your, your life, your upbringing, your salvation experience uh, that put a bug in you to stay so focused on evangelism and winning people to Christ throughout your life? Well, I was born and raised on a dairy farm, Charlie, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And dairy farms hard work. And Dad says you work hard all year, 
when November comes, you can have a whole month off to go hunting. Mm. And I have a hunter, as you know. Yeah. I looked at the deer, the squirrels, the trees. I thought there's got to be a God, but designed me my presence. Where is he? He would not make it and then leave it. So where is he? What tree is he behind? What rock is he under? So I decided to study the Bible, and I came to Christ for my personal Bible study. God took me from the creation, the creator of Christ, and one night I knelt by my bed as a teenager and said to God, the best I know how, I'm trusting Christ to save me, and my life exploded. Well, from the day I was saved, the one thing I wanted to do would be an evangelist. That's all I wanted to do, which is to be an evangelist. And uh, uh, that's what started me and uh, ended up being, being focused, like you said, on just simply evangelism. Uh, Dr. Charles Rary, who went to be with the Lord several years ago, as you know, mm -hmm. one time said, you always got to ask if you were the devil, how would you do it? Well, <laughs> in a day that's great for evangelism, I think Satan working overtime on believers in the church uh, because I've never seen a time in 49 years I've been in it where unsaved or more approachable than they are today. But I've never seen a day when churches have lost the passion for the lost the way they have today. Most churches grow by transfer of believers, one church to another, not by conversion. Yes. And, uh, I think part of it is satanic. I really believe part of it is satanic. Satan's working overtime in a day when believers are so approachable. Are we just too comfortable with our lifestyles in America and or are we too afraid to harm or hurt someone's feelings? What What is the reluctance to do evangelism? Where does that come from? Uh, I, I would say it's all the above. Uh, fear and not knowing how, along with discouragement, are the biggest reasons people don't evangelize. I find it's not they don't want to. They're afraid they don't know how. Now, what doesn't help in our day is some of the things that's happened. Uh, people are afraid they cannot relate to people where they're coming from today, uh, not sure how to relate to them. Uh, sometimes they're afraid of polarization, all that kind of thing, offending mm -hmm. uh, people, et cetera, uh, fear of rejection, all that kind of stuff. That all plays a part. Um, but I would say kind of like all of the above, but a big thing, like you mentioned, I do think in our comfort zone, if you're going to reach non-Christian, you got to get out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. uh, got to learn some things about them. got to learn how to talk to them, not be afraid to be rejected. Uh, and I think we often like to say in a comfort zone. Yes. Well, I take it that in your opinion, we as American Christians are not getting the job done like we should. I, I honestly don't think we are. Um, I'm more excited than I've ever been. I've never been more excited about evangelism. Uh, but, and I've never seen it more approachable again. Uh, I tell people COVID, cancer, and chaos. Hmm. There's the three things. COVID, cancer, and chaos are why non-Christians are so approachable. Uh, but at the same time, believers have lost that passion. And frankly, I think it goes back to our schools and seminaries. That I've been to schools and seminaries that no longer offer a course of management in your four years there. Well, if you have a Bible teacher, a uh, professor who never talks about evangelism, he'll produce a student who never talks about evangelism. He'll become a pastor who never talks about evangelism. He'll produce people who never talk about evangelism. It goes right down to our schools and seminaries. Well, I think that that's very true. Some people pursue careers in academics, and I don't fault them at all. There need to be academics. But I, it seems to me the purpose of academics and theology is still to bring people to Christ. It's not academics for academics' sake. It's academics for the sake of bringing people to Christ. 
Uh, but you said that you, from the moment you were saved, you wanted to be an evangelist. Now, I'm just curious about that because, uh, I mean, how did that happen? Why doesn't that happen to other people? What is it that that got your your attention that didn't get so many others? Why that desire to be an evangelist from the very beginning? Was it something in the scripture you understood? Was it your personal experience that you appreciated? I don't know. Just uh, ask <laughs> It's probably because I'm a weirdo. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I did not know how to say the Bible. I simply put his binder and let it fall open. And one time I saw 2 Timothy 4, 5, do the work of an evangelist. And Charlie, I think it's a God thing. God really impressed me. That's what I want you to spend your life doing. Well, then I saw Billy Graham on TV telling people how to be saved. I thought, that's what I want to spend my life doing. And from the day I was saved, the one thing I want to do is be an evangelist. And I think it was a God thing. I didn't uh, fully understand what that meant. Uh, I just saw what could be more exciting than 10, four people and tell them how to get to heaven. I was raised in a denominational church that was purely liberal. The pastor even had a reputation for telling dirty jokes in town. Huh. It was that liberal. Uh, but at the same time, God just uh, started working in my life. From the day I was saved, my life really exploded. I mean, I sat in school the next day, and I thought, I mean, I feel so different. What's happened? Um, I felt secure. Uh, I knew something happened. I could not verbalize it to you. I just knew something happened because I knelt by my bed that night and said, God, the best I know how, I'm trusting Christ. When I studied the Bible, that fall open to his binder, many times it would fall open to the Gospel of John. And I kept reading, believe in Christ, believe in Christ, believe in Christ. As you and I both know, it says mm -hmm. 98 times. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what got through to me. Okay. Well, that kind of leads to my, my next question because, well, let me ask you this first. Do you believe that evangelism, evangelist, is a gift or an office? I personally think it's a gift. Okay. A gift of evangelism. And so if it's a gift, not all Christians have the gift. So... How do you differentiate differentiate between the responsibility of every Christian to share the gospel and evangelize and fulfill the Great Commission with the special gift that God has given some to do it? Yeah. Uh, obviously, God invites everybody to come and trust Christ alone. That salvation, as you and I both know, Charlie, is a free gift with no strings attached. He comes a sinner, recognizes Christ, died for rose, and trusts him alone to save you. Once you trust Christ, then I think God invites you to be a disciple and to follow after him and learn more about him. A disciple is a learner. The first thing Christ ever taught disciples was evangelism. Matthew 4, 19. Follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Oh, he taught them That's how to fish. <laughs> I, say, I say that as a fisherman. Yes, just, I know. just joking. Sorry to interrupt you. No. no uh, fish I for men. Fishing for fish to fishing for men. I mean, <laughs> that's what's exciting. Um, and uh, he, the first thing he taught them was Follow me, I'll make fish of the men. So if you want to walk in the footsteps of Christ and follow after him, that means that involves evangelism. So I would say that a gift is a special ability given to people like myself to uh, evangelize and crypt others. But every Christian has responsibility. If you want to be disciple and follow after him, then I think in some way you got to be involved in evangelism. So evangelism is a part of discipleship. Yes. Um, and so what do you say to, you know, probably the thing I hear most often when I'm teaching or talking about evangelism is that 
people are fearful or they're shy personalities. They're, they work in the church. They're faithful. They attend faithfully. Or they'll work behind the scenes. They'll do the cooking, the cleaning, uh, opening the doors, baking meals for a sick family and things like that. But they, when it comes to sharing the gospel, they get lockjaw. Yeah, I tell them to encourage them. Don't minimize the importance of what you're doing. Uh, it's important to open the doors, prepare food, that kind of thing. But that's what I call pre-evangelism. You have not really evangelized them until you've shared the gospel. And so many people have to go beyond pre-evangelism, building that bridge, so to speak, to evangelizing. One thing I tell them is do what this up with it. They ask God for boldness. And I four, they said, Lord, grant to your service boldness. And two verses later says they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. And I think the first person you ask to help you is God. You say, God, give me boldness. Charlie, I've been in it for 49 years. I've never once asked God for boldness without him giving it to me. Never. Mm -hmm. uh, you got to ask him for it. Secondly, get training because training helps in any areas. Mm -hmm. You and I are both hunters and you're a fisherman as well. Well, you learn how, didn't learn how to do it, but simply pick up a gun. You had to be trained uh, in some way. Well, in the same way as evangelism, you got to be trained uh, how to do it. And once you get trained, you learn how to turn a conversation, how to answer objections, how to build bridges, that kind of thing. Some people object to the idea of training and memorizing a presentation because they say it sounds and feels too canned for them. I have an answer to that, but what's your answer? My answer is a method makes you caring, not canned. A method will make you caring, not canned. Because now you can wash your eyeballs. Mm -hmm. You can listen to every word they're saying. Mm -hmm. You know exactly how you're going to do it. I've been privileged to speak. Next year will be our 50th anniversary, and I will have spoken in every single state, plus 60 foreign locations. I've not met a person on the face of the earth that's consistent that does not have a basic method. Uh, and you come into it differently, come out of it differently. Uh, but a method gives you, uh, makes you, again, caring, not canned. Because you can look at a person, you can watch their expressions and know how you're going to do it. It actually gives you a little bit of comfort because you have something to fall back on should the presentation get off topic or off track. You know where to come back to. Whereas if you don't have anything prepared in mind, you could end up just dropping the ball somewhere or getting lost in the weeds, it seems to me. As the person said to me last week, uh, I mean, this past week, it keeps you from getting derailed. You're right. Yeah, it keeps you from getting derailed. Yeah. So you have the confidence that you can always go back. To be honest with you, I have a presentation, a basic presentation I use, basically your presentation, which we'll talk about. But but uh, I like to freelance quite a bit. And if I get lost in my freelancing and in, in my conversation, I at least know what to go back to. Yeah, so, no, that's a good point. People told us, have told us that used our method. That's what they like about it. Yeah. It gives you a track to run on. Yeah. So it is important to have uh, a presentation, know a presentation well, and and have a method of sharing it. Uh, now, there's you have two parts to evangelism. You have the, by the way, I think it's very good that you distinguish between pre-evangelism and evangelism, because so many people think they're evangelizing just by living a good life. Like, you know, you're the only gospel some people will see, they say. But I agree with you that the gospel you don't evangelize until you share the words of the gospel, the message of the gospel. So appreciate that distinction. No, I think but, it's important distinction because I think the church is doing one of the best jobs ever done, Charlie, feeding yeah. the poor, helping the hungry. But the problem is there's sometimes calling that evangelism. 
Yeah. I tell people, if you don't share the gospel, what you're doing is sending them to separation from God on a full stomach. On a full stomach. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they need to hear the gospel. Well, and, and that is so amplified because a lot of my ministry is overseas and where people actually have empty stomachs. And you, we do sometimes have to provide basic needs for them, but always with the gospel message, not ever apart from it. Um, so when it comes to a good message and a good method, which is more important to you? Well, I think the most important thing is always the right message. I tell people the Bible is six, six books, the gospel is 10 words, Christ died for sin, rose from the dead, that you never can get away from that message. But then the message does no good if you don't have a way to share it. Because if I define the gospel, that's one thing. If I declare it, that's when you benefit. People are not saved when I've defined the gospel. Right. They're saved when I've declared it. And so, therefore, it's not one more important than the other. They both go together. What good does it do to know what the gospel is if you don't tell anybody about it? Yeah. There are some good methods out there that are being taught about how to knock on doors, train other people, and so forth. In fact, I was flying one time to Eastern Europe, and I was on the airplane sitting next to the president of one of the largest evangelistic ministries there is. And they they have a method that they teach people and do workshops and so forth. And I knew that they went into all kinds of churches. So I asked him, I said, uh, when when you go to these different churches, they believe different things about the gospel. So how do you deal with that in your training? He says, well, we're not there to tell them what the message is. We're there to teach them the method. We sell the method and basically what he was saying. And I thought that was a bit unfortunate <laughs> yeah. because you could have a good method and a bad message. We don't want to train people in a good message method if they have a bad message. I, I couldn't agree more because what good is a method if it doesn't make the gospel clear? Yeah. <laughs> You're, and all this leadership training that we do, you were training people to be leaders uh, with a bad message. So I think it has to start with the message. And I know you you would say the same thing. Um, message before method is what I tell people because I think I remember you saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what What do you think then is the biggest error that churches make when it comes to evangelism and the error that people make on a personal level when it comes to evangelism? One of the big mistakes people make is they don't make the gospel clear, you know, saying come to Christ. Well, what does come to Christ mean? Hmm. Some people that means take the sacraments. To some people means being baptized. Mm-hmm. Some people means walking forward in the church. I think come to Christ to define the scripture by trusting him alone as your only way to heaven. And by then I think the other mistake they make, and I see this made all the time, Charlie, is they tell people, you know, talk to your neighbor, talk to your friends, but don't give them any training. There was a study done that indicated that people that want training, the number is far above the churches that are offering it. Hmm. There's more people want training than there are churches that are offering it. And I tell I told a pastor not long ago, I said, I, I would not even encourage your people to evangelize if you're not going to train them because yeah. you're going to frustrate them because it's it's not they don't want to. I just find they want to, but they're uh, uh, pray don't know how a church in Pennsylvania I was in. They took a survey of their people, Charlie, and asked them the question, where would you like more training? Number one response was evangelism. Wow. And he was shocked. They said, I'm not surprised, but the church are not offering it. 
that tells me that people know it's a priority and they have somewhat, I don't know, maybe a guilt complex because they don't feel like they're doing it. Um, or they just feel the genuine need for, for training, which, which I see Avantel has gone, done a lot of during through the years. Uh, it seems the focus has become more and more on training people and your, your training program is called, you can share it. Yeah. We get, we have several kinds of training. We have some people want to be trained on a Saturday morning seminar. Some people want to be trained in their pajamas at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so we have online training, book training, one month training, three months training, uh, two hour training. Or we have you can, our two main training are you can tell it. It's one, you can tell it. And then secondly, uh, wherever you go, that's two of our main training programs, wherever you go and you can tell it. Um, okay. but uh, uh, we try to have I call it different strokes for different folks because some people, again, they want two hour training, some want Sunday school training, some want book training, some want, uh, again, video training, online training, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You do have to uh, market to a lot of different people, different needs, different levels of needs and so forth. Uh, Larry, tell us about the website because I'm, I'm assuming that's where they would find this kind of information. Yeah. Yeah. Ebantel.org. E-B-A-N-T-O-L. We always remind people Ebantel is two L's. E-B-A-N-T-O-L dot org. Go there and find our books. You can find our online training. Uh, there's online training there. Uh, there's uh, it talks about our seminars. Uh, or you can tell it, it talks about. But we encourage them to go to Ebantel.org and really spend time on the website and decide what kind of training they would like. Um, and then, uh, if they have any questions, obviously give us a call or email us, whatever. But, um, that's the best place to find out about all of our training. Uh, we have books that address different subjects, like, uh, 101 evangelism tips, uh, different tips of evangelism that you find important. Uh, we have a how to book on evangelism. We have 21 thing God never said, one of our most popular books, uh, that addresses, um, Things like, well, if you're afraid of Angela, you don't love Jesus. Well, mm -hmm. that's just plain not true. Paul the Apostle asked prayer for boldness. So mm -hmm. apparently there are times he was afraid. Uh, but there's all kinds of things you can find out. We have Evangelism Study Bible. We came out a number of years ago that people told us if all I had was Evangelism Study Bible, I'd have everything I need in evangelism. Mm -hmm. so they can get a copy of that. Yeah, I've seen that your website's full of resources and information. That's just a bit of it, but people need to go there and do some exploring and they can find everything they need um, to be to learn evangelism, be encouraged about it, learn how to answer questions. I saw one book, uh, How to Answer Questions. Um, and I yeah. use your book, Free and Clear, and Teaching Evangelism all the time. Um, at the, Is there anything new coming up that uh, you might mention? is uh, a training we we just came up with uh it's it's on the website uh one of our newest books is a three minute window 52 different ways to introduce the gospel in every message hmm. uh a pastor asked me if i put together uh, a, a three minute way to introduce the gospel in every single message so it gives about 250 subjects you might be speaking on suffering child rearing finances priorities, uh, loneliness, and how to give a clear three-minute presentation of the gospel. That caused the three-minute window. That's one of our latest ones. Uh, oh, that's, that's great. Be and, let, uh, let me just inter interject that, that 
I try to draw a line to the cross for nowhere, wherever I start in the scriptures, depending on my audience, but I usually know my audience well enough. And, and, you know, people aren't sharing the gospel like they used to, or I think as they should, because we don't know when we have a mixed congregation there on Sunday mornings or at any other meeting. And the gospel always ought to be a part of it. And these days when messages are propagated online for and have a, a long lifespan, we don't know who's going to tune in in the future. So I, I have one pastor friend who says, you know, we ought to be, <laughs> he was scolding me and uh, some other groups, I think, in a nice way, that we ought to be sharing the gospel every time we preach. It, preach. Yeah, I think particularly with the online presence and everything now, I think every single message, uh, we even when we have our webinars and all, we tell people in every webinar how to be saved because you cannot assume that everybody listening to you is a Christian. And uh, some people have totally missed the message. Uh, and the, the gospel becomes so lost that they they don't really understand what it is. Yeah. That's especially true when I go overseas and train pastors in a country like oh, yeah. India or Africa. I'm I'm there to train pastors, but I always start out with the gospel because I, I don't want to take anything for granted. And I am convinced that sometimes half the group or most of the group even gets saved. Uh, their whole countenance changes by the end of the week. Yeah, uh, I, I, I can imagine that you see one third to one half. I've been over 60 foreign locations. Now our staff traveled more than I do. And we have certified instructors in the foreign soil. But most of the times, a huge portion of them don't really know the Lord. Uh, uh, trusting everything from baptism to their good life. Uh, you know, they're not really, they've missed Christ's words on the cross. It is finished, being paid in full, you know. Yep. Christ paid the debt. Yeah, I have a survey that I give to groups. when I, If it's a cold group, I've never met them before. I give the survey and... Usually no more than 5% will get the gospel right on the survey. That tells me something. So I kind of know where I'm starting. Yeah, um, I know a group of 30 church planners from a very good denomination. And they were going out to start churches. And they were asked two questions, Charlie. Can you put the gospel in one sentence? And could you take the Bible and lead somebody to Christ? Every single person said no on both questions. Hmm, wow. And these were going out to start churches. Wow. Well, what you're what you're doing is uh, very, very important. And at the heart of your evangelism program is your presentation of the gospel. I mean, after all, that's what you use in training and how you train people to use it. And you call it the good news, bad news, bad news, good news approach. Um, Can you summarize why that is so effective and then share it in in a brief way so that people can actually hear it? Okay, uh, I came to Christ again through my own Bible study. God took me from the creation, the creator of Christ. And from there, I would say I've had a passion for clarity and simplicity. So I developed the bad news, good news way of sharing Christ. At one time in the early 80s, a pastor in Pennsylvania said, our people love to know how you do it. I taught this method. He said, man, why not teach us more people? Mm. He said, we have people going out sharing Christ for the first time in their lives. And the bad news, good news, reason people love it is, first of all, there's no one alive that can identify bad news, good news. Nobody alive. And secondly, it's easy to remember when they're frozen and trite in front of a non-Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, bad news has two points, two verses, and two illustrations for each. The bad news is we're all sinners, Romans 3.23. That means we all come short 
have an easy illustration of throwing a rock to hit the North Pole, it falls short. Yeah, and same way you fall short of God's standard of perfection. Then the second point of bad news is the penalty for sin and death, Romans 6.23, wages sin and death, and we use the illustration of earnings, wages. You get what you earn. Same way, because we've sinned, we've earned debt. Good news is two points, two verses, two illustrations. Christ died for you, Romans 5.8. Use the illustration of cancer. If I took your cancer cell from the my body, I'd die in your place. Christ was our substitute. The second point of good news is you can be saved through faith. Ephesians 2 9. And we explained that trust, uh, uh, by works are you saved by grace through faith. The faith means to trust. We use the illustration of a chair. You're trusting a chair to hold you. You're trusting Christ to save you. And, uh, people love it. We people go out and lead their very first people to Christ called the bad news, good news. And uh, even if they go on our website, they can sign. It's called in a book called now, may I ask you a question? And if they go on our website, evento.org, I can find that book and even order a few copies of it. Or if they call our office, be happy to give them a complimentary copy. Okay. Um, and of course, your training includes how to get into that conversation and also how to close the conversation and actually lead someone to Christ. Also, so your training covers how to handle objections and answer yes. questions and yes. things like that. So there's much more to it, but that's the that's the, that's the, the basic bones of the presentation. Yeah, exactly. So if there's anyone listening and you understood what Larry is saying, we're all sinners. Jesus Christ loves us, died for our sins, um, and by trusting in Him, what He has done, not our own good works, we can be saved eternally. Because uh, Jesus, who died, also rose from the dead, lives lives now uh, to save us and give us eternal life. And if there's anybody listening to this who has questions about their salvation, you can go online and look at the presentation at evantel.org or just bow your heads even right now. Don't bow your heads. Keep your eyes open. Everybody I saw in the Bible getting saved had their eyes open and just trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. So that presentation has been very, very effective, I think, for you have used it in your training at Dallas Theological Seminary. You also trained for Word of Life uh, ministry, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, and around the world. Um, so we we appreciate what you're doing for evangelism. We we re really need to stroke stoke the fires under people. And I think there needs to be more sense of an urgency when I look at the world today. Yeah, I, well, I say it likewise, Charlie, though. I really appreciate what you've done. The Lord used you as well. And I, I tell people, together we get the job done. I don't think God ever uses one person, one ministry to get the job done. He's always doing it together. And I appreciate what you've done, Charlie, too. Well, you've had input into my life, and we all we all have our own, you know, ministries shaped by our own personality and gifts. And uh, but what you've done is uh, quite a contribution to the body of Christ. And so many people have benefited from your training. And um, and I know that you, you we, we like to hunt. We talked about that. But you do wild game feasts where you, you know, that's that's a lot of fun because I've done a few myself where you talk about your and show pictures of your hunting and then share the gospel with this captive audience. who's uh, And it's so easy to get from creation and the outdoors to God. And uh, yeah, I I am full time with the Van Tail. I have no desire to retire, cut back. And the two main things I do on the road are the wild game feast, 
again, I came to Christ through hunting. So I showed over 100 hunting pictures and give my testimony hunting wildlife and finding God and we're averaging 54% unbelievers. Um, we're having the blast of my life, Charlie. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing I do on the road is the thing called You Can Share It. And it's uh, one Sunday, commit to training the people in evangelism. Uh, you can share it. Uh, but I'm on the road full time evangelizing, training others. But if they want questions about how I personally can help them or how Evangel can help them, they're also free to email me, Charlie. Uh, I uh, my email is L Moyer. That's one word, L Moyer, M O Y E R, at evantel.org. Uh, L Moyer at evantel.org. Yeah, and just uh, they can email me, and I'll be happy to talk to them about it and whatever. But uh, I, uh, the thing that makes it so exciting is that again, forgive me for being redundant, but in a day when unbelievers are so approachable, I think now today, if we don't grow. Or churches through conversion today, I don't know if God will give us an opportunity like this uh, because people are approachable. Most people come to Christ in the midst of insecurity, fear, worry, and that's where people are today. Cancer, COVID, and chaos. Yeah, the need is the same today, if not greater than ever, or at least people are willing to listen and should be. The way the world is going so so nuts. <laughs> But uh, so we've got a lot of work to do. I always tell people I've got job security as long as there's somebody out there who doesn't know the gospel. But Larry, want to thank you for being with us today. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, Charlie, for your ministry. Well, thank you, Larry, for your ministry, for all that Evantel has been doing. It's been great to talk with you and people can get a hold of you through your website. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, of course, this is a simply by grace podcast, a ministry of grace life. And you can get in touch with us at gracelife.org. We have a new app coming out too, which you might uh, look for, Grace Life Ministries app. And it'll have all of our resources there at your fingertips. And share the web, uh, this podcast with others, uh, especially that have an interest in evangelism. And give it a review, make a comment. That always helps more people see it. Uh, so until next time, and until all here, bye-bye. Thank you for listening. For more resources, or to help spread the message of God's life-changing grace, visit our website at gracelife.org. We'd love to hear from you. Send us a message at simplybygrace at gracelife.org. See you next time.